The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to our show. Man, oh man, there's news in Oakland. The Samoa's retiring, and well, as the quarterback turns, the ongoing drama. Well, we're going to get to that and more here on show 398. Well, Marcel Reese gets his second straight Pro Bowl. Good for him. He deserves it. He's played like a champion this season, and it's a well-deserved honor indeed. All right, let's get to the show. On today's show, we will have TP2. Much drama, that is. So much drama coming out of the TP camp. <laughs> I don't even believe it, but we have to talk about it. Post game for the boltless, nutless, chargeless Chargers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Yeah, and this yappy little face. Yeah, they beat us. They shouldn't have, but they did. We're going to talk about that game. We got a pregame for the hoes. Yeah, the Bronco hoes. They're coming to Oakland. And I got a few things to say about that for sure. Namdi Asamoah retires, an Oakland Raider. An emotional uh, press conference indeed, and it's pretty cool. Actually, it's very moving. Check it out. And, of course, the bone line. The line to the people. <laughs> the people's line for the Raider Nation is alive and well. We're going to hit on that for sure. Got some great callers. That should wrap this show up. So, what do I say now? I say let's roll out. All right, Raider Nation, it's time for As the Quarterback Turns. An ongoing drama of two quarterbacks wrestling with the season, one being shortchanged, one being just short. <laughs> I can't believe the drama. Check this out. As the drama unfurls, you find the agent for Terrell Pryor calling Dennis Allen and saying, Dennis, I think you're trying to screw my man. <laughs> Darrell Pryor, by putting him in the last game of the season, I think you're trying to, to set him up for failure. Yes, while in another room, Dennis Allen says, well, that's a bunch of bad shit, and that's ridiculous. I'm trying to win some football games to save my ass. And then, well, shortly thereafter, Terrell Pryor tweets, I apologize. I apologize and had no 
No way, I feel that way. My agent just misrepresented me totally. That's some bullshit. As you aware of Terrell's agent's comments that he was being set up to fail, and did you talk to Terrell about it? What's your, what's your reaction? Well, first is, I'd say that's the stupidest thing I've ever freaking heard. You know, no coach in their right mind. This isn't, this isn't the real housewives of Beverly Hills. All right, this isn't made for TV, TV drama, okay? This is football, and uh, we make our football decisions based solely on that, uh, nothing other than that. So uh, I don't really give it a, a lot of thought. You know, I can't control, um, you know, the ignorance that might come out of somebody else's mouth. Uh, but uh, I've talked to Terrell about it. Um, you know, it's in situations like that that you have to separate the player from the agent. Um, he doesn't have control. I don't have control uh, over those things that get said. It's really, in my book, it's really nothing. It's one person's opinion, and uh, I've moved on from it, ready, ready to focus on the Broncos. Joined by Coach Dennis Allen, as we are every week here on 95.7 The Game. Coach, first of all, uh, merriest of holiday seasons. Uh, are you finding a way amidst some rather difficult circumstances to uh, at least enjoy this uh, Christmas season? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously, um, you know, football is very important to us, and the season hasn't gone like we uh, would hope that it would have gone. But, uh, uh, you know, Christmas is a special time of year, and it's a, it's a special time for uh, for me and my family. And, and uh I think I think you got to put those things into perspective, and uh, family is 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 very important. It's an opportunity for us to share time as a family together, uh, but we also understand that we got work to do, and uh, we you know we're we're you know hard at work preparing for the Denver Broncos. It's also apparently a special time for Terrell Pryor's agent, who came out and said that the start for him was actually a means of sabotaging Terrell. When you heard or you saw that statement, what was your reaction? Well, number one, I think it's important to know that that's uh, uh, that, that, that's comments being made um, by an agent. Uh, that's not comments made by uh, by the player. And uh, I had an opportunity to talk with Terrell. Terrell and I are on the same page. Uh, when I first heard those comments, I thought uh, it was obviously ludicrous. Um, you know, I, listen, I, my wife watches. You know, Real Housewives, uh, and and that's that's TV drama. All right, that's not what we're in the business of. Uh-huh. We're not in the business of TV drama. We make our decisions based on uh, based on football. And uh, you know, I wanted to get an opportunity uh, to evaluate Terrell for one more opportunity, one more chance, and give Terrell one more chance to prove what he can do. And um, listen, he's been an explosive playmaker for us. Unfortunately, he had the injury, and it, it set him back. Uh, but he's fully healthy now, and, and we get an opportunity to watch him play. Uh, he's excited about it. I'm excited about it. And, and really, uh, you know, I think, I think really too much has been made out of the comments already. Coach, can you tell us more about the inception of that decision? Was that strictly a head coach's decision, or was there input from above? Was this a group dynamic? How did it come about after six games of Matt McGloin? Well, first of all, you know, Reggie and I talk talk about everything football related so uh you know we we obviously had discussions about it uh this was totally my decision uh and that's that's the way things operate here uh, i'm in charge of deciding who plays and who doesn't play and uh and that's 
you know that's that's you know pretty standard within the National Football League. And, and uh, uh, I made the decision that I wanted to play Terrell. I wanted to see him play, give him another opportunity. I think he's been, you know, three of the four games that we've won, we've won with him under center. And uh, I think that that you know for this football game gives us the best chance to win. Well, take me through the thought process because at one point we had Terrell starting, he got hurt. Then we had McGloin starting. Then it was you were u- utilizing McGloin, but we were going to see bits of Pryor. And now we see Pryor starting this game, and we didn't see him at all last game. I'm just trying to. Has there been an evolution in your thinking, or why has it? To me, seemed like there's been a different approach as we've gone along. Well, I think the thing you got to look at is is um, you know the the goal is to try to win football games, and uh, you know I think Matt McGloin did it, you know came in and did an admirable job. He did some good things, uh, but um, you know I think we need to change something up. I think we need to change to to give ourselves a better opportunity to win, and uh, you know I think it's time to. to get another look at Terrell Pryor. And it's time to give him the opportunity to see if he can go out and play well uh, against a good team. And and that's really what the decision was based off of. I could make an argument that when you say we're playing Terrell Pryor to evaluate him, that that is different from we're playing because he gives us the best chance to win. Does that make sense? Well, I think anybody can make any argument they want to make. Uh, but but that's you know the decision was made uh, based on uh, twofold. We wanted to get a chance to look at Terrell Pryor, and we wanted and we think that Terrell Pryor in this football game gives us the best opportunity to win. Why? Why is that? Why do you feel that Terrell gives you the best chance to win well, against I the Broncos? Think, I, I think giving him an opportunity to go in there and create some ex- explosive plays like he's been able to do before uh, for us, I think is is the thing that that gives us the best chance. I think. Uh, you know, when you look at their defense and, and uh, some of the things that they do, I think we can utilize his talents and utilize his legs and uh, to give us a good chance to win the game. Sunday, the Raiders will return to their uh, week one starter, Terrell Pryor, after starting Matt McGloin in the last six games. Now, Oakland went one and five during that stretch, but you think Pryor's agent, Jerome Stanley, would be uh, happy about that, huh? Yesterday he said, I think they're putting him in hopes that he fails. That's what I think Coach is doing. I think they're putting him in hopes that he has a bad game so he can uh, justify that Matt McGloin situation. He doesn't want him to look good because if he looks good this week, it makes the past five weeks look like a bad decision. Oh, boy, you really believe in your client, don't you? Uh, Believe it or not. I I talked to Dennis Allen right before the show, and he's like, is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? He said, I'm fighting for my coaching life here, so I'm going to want to least it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I ran into Jerome Stanley's agent right here. He's working in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, talking about his client and trying to he, he, he's trying to say, trying to sell to me how, oh, you know, he really needs a chance. And, you know, they're not doing the right thing. I said, hey, he hasn't earned the chance because he just hasn't been consistent. Yeah. He needs to be consistent to everybody else in there. It's not just the head coach. When you talk to the players in there, they know also he wasn't consistent. They weren't able to do certain things with him. But I will say this. As your agent, your job is to help your client. 
not hinder your client, and not make yourself the story. Jerome Stanley, you got to shut up when it comes to things like this. You're only going to hurt your clients. Don't be part of the story. He needs to support his client, I think. I mean, it's obvious. You could he's support the, he's him, the guy. But don't make it about The more you. Terrell Pryor, the better he's going to get. The more snaps he gets, the more plays he sees, the better he's going to get. And this is not going to hurt him playing this game. I don't understand why he would say that about his client. He's supposed to player, support the guy. When a player has to send out a tweet yeah. apologizing for his agent, I mean, it's time to get a new agent, for I, God's sake. It, it really, it maddens. Speaking of the tweet, here's a tweet that Pryor sent out. He says, I apologize for the recent comments toward the Raiders organization. That's not what I'm about. I'm thankful for the opportunity given to me by this great organization and the phenomenal fans. Very excited to play with my teammates Sunday. We hope to make you, meaning the fans, proud. Terrell Pryor did some good things earlier in the year. Yeah, but he wasn't consistent. He had to go down, okay? And then McGloin came in. And everybody said, boy, look at McGloin. He won good game. He, he, but good but game. at that point, no one argued with it. Terrell Pryor is in this position because he did not advance and he wasn't consistent enough. Nobody on that team was consistent enough. If you're the agent, why don't you say, hey, watch and see what my client does in week 17. Okay. The drama ends, and here are the facts. Number one, your agent would never, and I mean never, let out such an idiotic statement to the press without knowing full well that his client is had been advised prior to. That is for sure. That is in case the fact, because Terrell Pryor should have fired his goat-smelling ass the second that came on the wire. There should have been a phone call, and there should have been, goodbye, pick up your check. No, I'll send it. Thanks. Goodbye. But nothing of the sort happened, which leads me to believe the whole thing was contrived already, as some may be stunned to get his name out there for a possible trade next year or to light another fire, another match under Dennis Allen's ass. Either way, it was a chump move. And it was followed up by another chump move, which was not to fire the agent's ass. And that is where the whole story ends. Because if you have a guy that works for you, that embarrasses you, really, and then makes you look like a buffoon, and you apologize yet not fire him? Well, my friends, as my my grandpa used to say, there's a weasel in the hen house. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, a brief post game. Oh, gosh, for the San Diego Chargers? Really? Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> the Raiders came out in gallant fashion, tying the score up, actually going into the half, tied up 10-10. That I thought was pretty good considering San Diego could really throw it out there, and they did. After the half, the Raiders tweedled down to nothing, and the, the, the Chargers went on to win. And, you know, <laughs> other than the drop 
touchdown pass by Marcel Reese with 56 seconds left in the game. You know, that was kind of the that's that was the whole story of this game. That drop pass. When I saw the drop pass, I think that just kind of that kind of summed the entire game up to me. Uh, they were trying to give us that game. They had two solid turnovers. We should have scored 14 right away and kept on going. You can't leave the Chargers alone. They'll they'll beat you bad. And Matthews and and Keenan, I mean, all these guys came up and they did what they did. And now they're moving on. And we're not. Uh, this is a game with 12 penalties on the Raiders, which shows to me one of two things, a total breakdown in the team, which I think it is. Some people are saying that Dennis Allen has lost the locker room, and I don't believe that true at all. I want to ask you about, you know, everyone's wondering about your coach right now, Marcel, and I know that's not up to you, but it sounds to me, talking to players, would you say most of your teammates really would love to see Coach Allen and his staff back next year? I mean, to be honest with you, you know, it's hard to go through coaching changes, and, and I've, I've been through – uh, quite a few coaching changes in, in my six years here in, in with the Raiders. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard to go through coaching changes. And when you get to know someone, you, you want to stick around. You don't want to wish wish that wish that harm or, or that negativity on anyone. Marcel, how much of it is tied up with, uh, and you mentioned changing coaches, that when you change coaches, you then change schemes again and you change plans and ideas and, and how you uh, approach the game. I think it's just learning, you know, you, you know when when you when you change when you change coaches, you know, you as players you're you're forced to reassimilate to something new. And uh and it, it's hard. It's hard, to, you know, to do that and to to be successful and be able to play fast and play confident in yourself when you're when you're constantly constantly changing to something new. What are the signs that fans should look for? You know, because we always talk about, oh, the coach has lost the team or the coach hasn't lost the team. What are some of the things that we can see as fans that would represent that the Raiders players haven't lost out on Coach Allen yet? Well, I mean, it's not just us players haven't lost out on Coach Allen. We haven't lost out on ourselves, and we haven't lost out on our fans because, you know, we owe everyone uh, a great uh, – we owe everyone to play hard. We owe everyone to to show that we still love this game. We love this team. We love the fans in the city, and um, you know, we're we're not just laying down for teams and and uh, you know moving on to the next. We're we're out there playing hard and working hard every day. Some people are saying that Dennis Allen has lost the locker room, and I don't believe that's true at all. I don't think that's true at all. I think they're all afraid that they're going to fire him because they like him. Uh, I think the 12 penalties are more that some guys are just trying to compensate for other guys, and you can't play football like that. No team can. That's what's happening between the bad teams and the good teams. Uh, the good teams know their jobs, and they stay right in that zone. The bad teams try to, you know, there's a lot of compensation there. Coach, the most troubling part for me with the Chargers game was that the things that you stood for is discipline and uh, turn, uh, trimming the penalties, and there was a loss of that in this game, uh, maybe more so than we've seen all season. Why did we see this reversion to a, a Raiders team that you have tried to excise? Well, listen, you know, uh, penalties are part of the game, and uh, – uh, you know, everybody has them. Uh, it's something that we focus on a lot. 
Uh, it's something that, you know, every every week you get, uh, you know, you turn in certain calls into the National Football League and, and you know, they come back and say, you know, they were good calls or not good calls. And, and uh, you know, some of those were, were, were obviously penalties. Some of them, uh, you know, I, I, I disagreed with the calls. Uh, but that's something that, that, you know, when you get in this point in the season, you know, people get frustrated and, and, and they try too hard to do certain things and, uh, and come out of, you know, the fundamentals and the techniques that they need to stay in uh, to be able to execute. So it's something that we're going to continue to work on. Uh, it's something that, that uh, uh, you know, we cleaned up a little bit last year, but it's come back to plague us um, a little bit this year, and we've got to get it cleaned up. A lot of frustration in this team, a lot of frustration with players. They don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of stress in the Oakland locker room. And after this game, there deserves to be, quite honestly. Here on 95.7 The Game, Rich Gannon, good enough to join us. And Rich, uh, let's start there. You know, two things we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Dennis Allen is a really good, really likable guy. And Dennis Allen has not had the kind of success in these first two years that either he or the fan base would have liked. So if you're the Raiders, with regard to your head coach, where do you go from here? Well, it's a tough decision, guys. And you know, look, you know, they were four and twelve last year. You know, unless uh, something unforeseen happens against you know Denver this weekend, they'll be four and twelve again. You see, you know, where where's the improvement? I I really felt like we saw it in in, in spurts defensively, although you know, the last several weeks it hasn't been so good on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I look at offensively. I think we saw some things earlier with. Terrell Pryor. I think we saw some flashes of, of Matt McGloin when he got a chance to play it initially. But in fairness, I mean, they're, they're not a good football team. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, they're they're not they're not very competitive right now. Um, they're not like they're losing games by a field goal each week. And you know, you look at the you know, the quarterback position. You say, how difficult is it to evaluate the quarterback position when you've got two guys that are really first timers? Pryor doesn't hasn't really played, and then Matt McGloin's a rookie. And you say, well, they're not surrounded by a ton of talent. I mean, there's not a single pro bowler or, you know, top 10 talent on that field. It's not a wide receiver. It's not a tight end. It's not along the offensive line. It's, you know, it's just the issue. And so um, even the running back position, McFadden has hardly played. And when he's played, he's been pretty much a non-factor. So, you know, that's a real problem um, even when you evaluate that position. So I hope it works out for Dennis Allen. I, I, I believe in my heart of hearts he's a good football coach. He's got a good staff. I think Jason Tarver's a young up-and-coming coordinator. I like Greg Olson. I hope they get the opportunity to come back. I believe they deserve the right to finish what they started. Uh, I think it's really it's going to come down to what Reggie McKenzie and, and, and Mark Davis feel um, you know, after, after Sunday. We had Dennis Allen on uh, just uh, earlier, and – he said he's starting Terrell Pryor to evaluate him, but also because he believes that Terrell Pryor gives them the best chance to win against the Broncos on Sunday. What do you make of that statement? Well, you know, I think that, you know, look, they're just looking for a spark, I think, at this point, guys. And I think that, you know, Terrell Pryor did some good things, you know, when he got a chance to play earlier. And this whole idea that his agent came out, I think it's Jerome Stanley, and said those things is is, uh, is bizarre. It's absurd. It was ridiculous. It was uncalled for. I applaud the fact that Terrell Pryor responded, I thought, in an appropriate fashion. And I think this kid has really handled himself well, and I, I hope it works out 
I think regardless of what happens on Sunday, I think the Raiders are in the quarterback market. I just think that's the way it is. I mean, you know, hopefully one of those guys, maybe both of those guys will get a chance to, to, to stick around and compete, but I think they've got to go out and address that position. You know, you look at the, the lack of production and consistency they've had there for a long time, and you just look what they have in the division. I mean, you know, <laughs> the Broncos got Manning, you know, the Chargers got Phil Rivers, and of course the Kansas City Chiefs have Alex Smith. You got to say, hey, who do we have? You know, who's our flamethrower? And uh, we've got to find one that's going to be, you know, be there for a long time, give us the, you know, the production and, and leadership that we need. It's hard to do that with guys who are just first timers. I think they need a veteran guy. Do you expect Dennis Allen to be back next year as the head coach of the Raiders? You know. <laughs> I'm making you work I, on Christmas Eve. I, I would, I would, you know what? I feel bad because I really like Dennis Allen, and I wish, I wish the best for him. I, I you know, I, I really do. I, I know him personally. He's been terrific to us in the production meetings. I think he's a very, very talented coach. And if it doesn't work out in Oakland, I think he'll wind up somewhere else and win. Um, my, my gut feeling tells me that, you know, Mark Davis is probably a little bit like his father. Doesn't have a ton of patience. And I think this this is a situation that requires patience. When you look at the the, the situation that he uh, inherited, there is no money, there were no draft picks, and there was no talent. That's a bad, bad, bad combination. And to Dennis's credit, I think he's changed the culture and the environment there. I do see signs. I do see. I do see positive signs. Now you, you know you don't say, well, hey, they're going out and they're, they're the number one defense in football. You know. But scoring 35 points a game. No, it's not those types of signs. I see more discipline. I see more structure. I see more accountability. I see more toughness in time. They need more leaders. There's no question. They need more horses. Uh, they need more playmakers. But I think Dennis Allen is a good football coach. I hope he gets the opportunity, but my gut feeling tells me there'll be a change in Oakland. We're talking football with Rich Gannon here on 95.7 The Game. Rich, where do you start? I mean, you mentioned that neither of these quarterbacks is probably a franchise guy, and I agree with you. I think they've got to go out and either make a trade or try and build through the draft. But other than the obvious, which is find that quarterback to build a team around, you know, how do you fix this franchise? Where do you go? Because there's still a lot of holes and a lot of questions. I think there's a right way to do it. I think there's a wrong way to do it. I think the wrong way is to go out and bring in high-priced free agents in, 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 you know, when free agency starts and waste your money that way. I think the other way is to continue to build and develop to the draft. I think you have to do that. Uh, I think you have to be selective in the, in the type of people that you bring into the building, whether it's for agency or the draft. I think you want to bring in high quality, um, you know, self-motivated, passionate people, players that love football. And give me, a, I'll take my chances. And I played in Oakland with guys at some, at, in some positions that weren't the most talented guys but I would go to war with him any day. I'll throw out a name. A guy named Randy Jordan was a great special teamer. He was a third down back. Um, you know, had some shake. Uh, you know, had you know, I could you know, could make some plays in the passing game. But I would play with that guy any day because it was important to him. He loved the preparation. I could count on him. He always was there and in, in, the, in critical situations. And give me a shot with a guy like you know Randy Jordan. You know, because I'll make it work and. Um, you know, it, I think it's, it's finding those type of players, players that refuse to lose, want to practice, want to get better, and just, you know, just try and build that way. And I think that's really uh, where it has to start. And you've got to, I think, you've, you know, we talk about changing the culture and the environment. 
I think you have to bring in some leaders, guys that are natural leaders that can, that, you know, just like, you know, Peyton Manning is a guy that, you know, he went over to that place, that organization in Denver, and he demanded, he demanded from his teammates, from the coaches, from the trainers, from the equipment guys, he demanded perfection. Hmm. That's what he expects. That's how he practices. That's how he prepares. If it isn't right, he is going to fix it. He is not going to wait until Monday. He won't wait until practice is over and we sit in the film room and watch it. He will make the correction on the field. And, you know, that's kind of how I was when I was in Oakland. I didn't make a lot of friends, guys. I'll be honest with you. People thought at times players are like, well, who's this guy? But I wasn't going to sit around and wait until Monday to, to get it right. If it wasn't right, I had no problem stopping practice and saying, hey, guys, this ain't going to get it done. Yeah. People thought I was out of my mind because they weren't used to that. They weren't used to that type of that type of you know you know person at that position. They, they hadn't had that in a while, and that's what they need. They need to find somebody who's not afraid to come in there and uh, ruffle feathers and you know be demanding of his teammates and expect perfection. I think that's you know the, the idea that we can go out there and you know. And, and lose games the way they're losing. That's got to stop, yeah. guys. It's 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 got to stop. They've not had, not had a winning season since 2002. Speaking Something has to change. Speaking of 2002. Speaking of leaders, <laughs> uh, you you mentioned it. You you thought that this was still an attractive job and that John Gruden would continue would would still be interested. And we've had a report since that. Yeah, he is, and he might be willing to come back now that Al is not here. I look around. Rich and I look at you know potential openings like Detroit and the Texans and a couple other places where the, there are teams better situated than the Raiders. Why? Give me a reason why Gruden would select the Raiders over some of those other opportunities. Well, let me preface this by saying that you know I've not talked to John in the last couple of weeks about any job about what his desires are. I don't want to put him in a position. Um, I never like to feel comfortable talking about a job where it's currently occupied by a guy that I have a great deal of respect for and admiration. So I'm not really comfortable. I'll just tell you, I think eventually, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whatever, John Gruden's a football coach. I, I think in his heart of hearts, um, he doesn't think of himself as a color commentator. I-, I think he wants to come back and coach a football team. I think he's got a great uh, affinity for the Raiders. They gave him his first opportunity. I think he likes the Bay Area. I think he has a lot to like about the organization. And I think it's a very attractive place to coach. I think you've got an owner in Mark Davis that wants to win, who's not going to you know, be in the, the building every day telling you to play this guy and select this guy and why are, we not, why are we not doing this and why are we not. Mark knows what he knows. You can let the football guys coach the team and, and select the players. And to me, um, and I'm sure John feels that way. I think Oakland's an attractive place. I mean, if you can get some more players, continue to draft, you've got money to spend, you can get the quarterback situation straightened out, you put together a good staff, I think it's a very attractive place. So that's about all i got to say about San Diego because uh, we could have won the game. We had an opportunity, but the buffoonery, the 12 penalties, I mean, come on, man. Uh, the, the personal foul... Uh, Jenkins knocking the ball out of the hands. I think it was Keenan. I mean, or Matthews. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. That is all I have to say about that.
history, great quarterbacks have been a hallmark of the Raider organization. I'm surrounded here today by some of the greatest cornerbacks, not only in Raider history, but some of the greatest cornerbacks in the history of pro football. Willie Brown, Lester Hayes, Charles Woodson, and all of us are here today to acknowledge another great cornerback, Namdi Asamoah, as he retires from the NFL as an Oakland Raider. Namdi is a prototype Raider cornerback who excelled in man-to-man -man coverage. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, was named first or second team All-Pro four times in his career. In addition to distinguishing himself on the field, he was recognized as NFL Man of the Year in 2009 for his work in the community by his peers at the Players Association. We were proud when he called his name in the first round of the 2003 draft, and we are proud to call him a Raider today and forever. I introduce to you Namdi Asamoah. Namdi Asamoah retires an Oakland Raider. Uh, you know what? Namdi was a very loved on this team because, you know, there are very few champions, pro bowlers, uh, on this franchise when Namdi came in in 2003, left in 2010, and left a mark on the Oakland Raiders. Not only the Oakland Raiders, but the community, man. This cat was the real deal. He put his money and time where his mouth was. Uh, Namdi went to many, many charitable events. A class act, a gentleman. Uh, he was selected 31st overall in the first round of 2003, 11 years in the league. Uh, he's bounced around a couple teams here and there. Uh, and But his, his heart... His heart has always been silver and black. Uh, he just, They couldn't pay him. The, the man made $6 million last five years or $60 million. So you got to give him that. At least he made his money. You got to believe that everybody got to make a nut these days. And I, I, you can't take it away from the guy for going where the money was. Sometimes that's what you got to do. And so he retired a Raider. Here's some clips from that. It was a great moment. Uh, probably one of the better press conferences I've seen uh, at the Raiders in a very long time. And when you hear him, you'll understand uh, how important the Raiders were to him. Now, check it out. No, I don't have any any regrets. You know, we had that, that time that was the lockout season, and we really weren't allowed to talk to anyone uh, until the doors open. And once the doors open, then you jump on a team, and there was no no real time to, to say your good, goodbyes. Um, but like you said, yeah, it is tough to have not been able to um, have that conversation with Al Davis that I you know, wanted to have and just let him know how important he was uh, to my growth, clearly as a player, but my growth uh, as a man coming in at 21 years old and, uh, and the influence that he had on my life. So. Yeah, that was tough. What, no, what made you such a, a good fit for the scheme that they ran here while you were here? And what, why did it work so well here and maybe not as well when you left? Um, well, Willie might be able to answer, you know, answer that one. He said, what made me a good yeah. fit for, for the scheme? Well, if you, if you go back several years, we have always had great corners and big corners. And Osamoir coming out of college, he had the size and the speed and the toughness to switch from, from safety to corner. And I knew right away, you know, no matter what everybody was saying, what they thought of him, you know, thinking they can play him at safety. My mind, Mr. Davis' mind, was playing on the corner with that size because if you look at his wingspan, you know, cover half of this room. 
and that's exactly what you need when you're playing when you're playing bump and run. So, so Yoda. That, that that was one of the keys right there. You know, how wide is his arm? How big is his hand? How fast is he? Those kind of things. So we knew right away that uh, it'd be a good fit and play the bump and run scheme. And I fought it for a while too. Um, you know, if you can remember, during my first two years, I was playing. I was still playing some safety. My first start as a Raider was at safety, um, just because I fought it. You know, I really wanted to to be a safety. That was my whole vision coming into the NFL. And I remember we were just outside here where the uh, the elevator is, and and I ran into Al Davis, and I had been avoiding him uh, for <laughs> some time because I knew that he, as we all do. Uh, because I knew that he was going to bring that up, and this was maybe my second week into the NFL. So I, it, it wasn't clear what position I was going to play. And um, as fate would have it, we ran into each other, and we were just outside the, um, the elevator, and he, he asked me, he said, what position do you want to play? And I told him safety. You know, and then... Um, he didn't let me keep going. He said, well, what position do you think you'll have the most success playing in the NFL? And I told him safety. And um, obviously he wasn't trying to hear that because then. <laughs> no, no. Because then he, um, then he said to me, you know, I think that you have a chance to be one of the greatest corners we've had here. And I hadn't played corner at all, so for him to say something like that, it, you know, I kind of scratched my head. And he started naming these guys, and he named Mike, and he just said, you have that ability in you. You know, you don't see it yet, but you have it in you. And he was talking to me. He spoke for about, um, you know, another minute trying to convince me. And uh, finally, at the end, just because I saw that he believed in me, trusted that it could happen, at the end, he asked me again, he said, so what position do you want to play? <laughs> and I said, cornerback. <laughs> and, you know, from that, from that point on, we are playing. I was playing corner. I still tried to fight it, but. You can't fight him. You can't fight him, yep. Well, I'm glad you retired a Raider, Namdi. Perhaps you could come and coach some of these young guys. Who knows? But uh, it's been nice having Namdi the shutdown corner. It's been nice having a shutdown corner. Something to look forward to anyway. Uh, these years that he was with the team. All right, Raider Nation, a very short and sweet, of course. Pre-game for the Denver Bronx. Ha-ha-hoes. <laughs> I hate them hoes. Raider Nation, the Broncos come to the black hole. I mean, this is a hated rivalry <laughs> at the very most. Top of my damn list. I cannot stand the Broncos, and I can't stand hearing about 
Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. It's near as sickening as that other quarterback back east. <laughs> Tom Brady, Tom Brady. So the Broncos are coming to town, and yes, everyone's expecting the blowout. There are subtle whisperings in the ESPN hallways about how the Raiders are going to get thumped and new records unseen in NFL history will fall right out of the top of the Coliseum as Peyton Manning throws for 25 touchdowns and 2,000 yards in one game, and the crowd is dispersed, and oh, the Raiders, blah, 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 blah. I can just hope, I you better hope, because I'm hoping that this coaching staff goes in the locker room and asks these guys if they want to be chumps. Every name on that roster, do you guys going to be known as one of those guys who let the Denver Broncos beat you 65 to 17 or whatever? Because they can do it, man. You thought the Chiefs, we had a chance with the Chiefs. Nobody is giving us a chance with the hoes. Nobody. And you know what? It's going to be a brutal contest, but please, Raiders. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. You got to come and play. Terrell Pryor's got the start. I hope he drops that drama crap at the door and comes in and handles his business. This is his game. If he wants to get a contract anywhere else, he better play his ass off in this game. That means no interceptions, no fumbles. I'm talking about complete ball control from day one to the end of the game, the last shot at 60 minutes. There's a lot of guys here with one-year contracts that might be hitting the road after the end of the season. There's a Black Monday coming. That's the one where Dennis Allen finds out whether he has a jab or not. I don't think that's the case. Coach, how do you feel about your chances of returning as the head coach next season? Listen, guys, we're getting into a lot of speculation. I mean, you know, my focus is on the Denver Broncos, uh, and that's the only thing that I can focus on. I think it'd be selfish to focus on anything other than that. Uh, We're trying to do everything that we can uh, to try to win a football game, and that's what our focus is on, and uh, that's what it will continue to be on until the season's over. Well, th- let me let me put it this way then. Do you feel that what you have done with this team this season warrants you coming back and getting a chance to continue to coach this team? Listen, I'd love to have the opportunity to be back here again next year. Um, and, um, you know, the decision makers will, will make those decisions. That's not, that's not in my hands. That's not in my control. So that's not what I worry about. Again, I worry about the Denver Broncos and, and – uh, you know, trying to go out and win a game in the in the Coliseum this weekend. As of right now, you have not been given any indication, one way or the other, that a decision has been made. Yeah, that hasn't been that hasn't been a discussion. That hasn't been part of what. Again, we're worried about you know coaching football, playing this season, and uh, we'll deal with those things after the seasons are over. And this may be a better question for a week from now than it is. And I understand you got one more football game. You're thinking about the Broncos, but it, it's natural. We get toward the end of the football season, the end of the calendar year. We all do a little you know, self-reflection on our year and what went right and what went wrong. When you look back on this season, how do you evaluate? Well, I think we had some ups and downs. Uh, you know, I think we had some games that we went in there and played really well. I think we had some games that we went in there and, and uh, uh 
played well but came up short. And then obviously there was times where we didn't play as well as we needed to play. Uh, that's that's part of the way that, that football goes. Uh, I still believe that this, this organization is building. I still believe it's heading in the right direction. Uh, I know we have a plan for what we want to do. And, uh, and and that's, you know, listen, you got you to gotta believe in something. you got to stand for something. Uh, and, and, and you can't vary from that. And I'm not going to do that. So you have a plan. Let's go ahead and assume Dennis Allen's coming back next year. you got 2014. It's a clean slate. What is the next step in the evolution of this franchise? Well, I think the first thing is this will be the first opportunity in this offseason where we've had basically a level playing field. Uh, you know, we'll have draft choices that we can go out and, and, and draft players. Uh, we'll have uh, money and free agency that we, we can sign guys back that we have on our football team right now, as well as go out and try to acquire new talent uh, into this team. And it'll be, you know, and that's the first step to, you know, really trying to turn this thing around and really get this thing going in the right direction. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it right now. I hope he doesn't lose his job. Yes, for every reason. The statistics state he should get his ass kicked out of here, but the statistics also state that he's had two years to figure it out. Why are we going to get rid of an investment that we've spent two years investing in? This is the time that you've planted the seed, you've watered the soil, now it's time to see what grows. That's next season. That's why he needs another chance. That's why I hope we don't change coaches. They like this guy. Trust me, man. It doesn't make a difference whether one of us gives a shit about him or wants to marry him. The team likes him, and that is the biggest difference of all. We need to keep him around. I'm sorry I went on a tangent, but I just hope that the Oakland Raiders don't set up some new lows, some new records, that just make our franchise look like a bunch of buffooning clowns again. Because I'll tell you, as a fan, it's getting pretty damn hard to deal with. Not that I'm going anywhere, but it's some bullshit. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's move to the bone line. I'm feeling it. That's right, 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Tell your friends, your family, your cohorts in crime to get on the bone line. They're feeling frustrated. You talking to some fan about the Raider Nation, the Raider team, the Raider coaches. Tell them there is an out. There is a way out of the frustration. Just dial 1-800-620-7181. The Raider Nation podcast. That's right. The bone line is up in the house. I love it. All right. Don't forget to check www.raidernationpodcast.com. The forum has been repaired from its illness during the holidays. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Anyhow, let's. Uh, it's <laughs> Who is on the line first? We got Raider Keith from Sonora. He's got something to say, man. What you got, brother? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, this is Keith from Sonora. Just calling, you know, this halftime adjustment thing is just all bad. 
how many games have they been tied or a small lead only, and I know halftime, third quarter, a lot of ball game up. I understand that. But, I mean, even when Pryor was in, the Steelers game, were they up 20 to 10 at halftime? They won 23 to 20 that day. How many times have we seen this? Even with McGloin or Pryor, this is, this is, this is coming down with coaching stuff, isn't it? And this is just, this is terrible. You got to, I'm sorry, the Chargers are bad. They're, they did nothing today that showed me that Philip Rivers is a great quarterback, or Antonio Gates, I know he's good, he's big, he's got the big body. Ryan Matthews, they made Ryan Matthews look like Adrian Peterson today. What happens? What happens 10-10 at halftime, and they fall apart, they score three points for the rest of the game. They get down to the red zone and fall apart. What happens? I would love to be a fly on the wall inside that locker room and see what Coach Allen says or Tarver, or whoever's making the calls at halftime, or whatever's going on, just, I'm tired of the losing. I really am. It's getting old, especially when they're in games. You know, last week they needed a game at 31, 35, or whatever it was, and then fell apart again. Just, I'm going next week to Denver. It's the first game I'm going this year. I normally go two or three times a year. I'm going to find you guys out there. So let me know where you guys are at in the parking lot. Me and my boss and my friends will be down there. And hopefully, just give me one win, please. Please, just one. Thanks for the time. See you guys next week. Go Raiders. I am so sorry, my brother, but the pleading will not help. No, the crying crying and the moaning will not help. The chanting, the panting, whatever you're doing ain't going to help. <laughs> No, my friend, Denver's coming to town, and they are a good football team. And we are a, a bad football team. Anything can happen on Sunday. I hope they play hard. I hope they do play well. That's really all we can cry for. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. And next we have the boy Raider from La Mirada, California. What is going on, my brother? Let me hear it. <laughs> Raider Greg, this is D-Boy Raider calling from La Mirada, California, first-time caller. I just got one thing to say to all the YouTube uh, fans and all the Twitter fans talking all the bullshit about Dennis Allen and Jason Tarver need to go. Let's just fire their ass. It's not Dennis Allen out there overthrowing receivers and, and dropping balls. It's not Jason Tarver not tackling and getting blown out in coverage. So I mean I I'm not I'm not all big on the on the coaching staff but this game proves that the execution by the players was horrible horrible disgusting I mean these players need to play like they want to get re-signed you know so I mean uh, the, oh, and one more thing I'm not big to blame the blame the penalties or the officiating on the game but this was some bullshit the interception was Bullshit! The, the the touchdown callback by Streeter was bullshit. I'm just, I mean, the baby, this is some bullshit, man. All right, Raider Gag, I'm gonna go. Raider Nation, I need to go smoke a bowl to calm down. Take it easy. I'm out. I need to go smoke a bowl. <laughs> 
I feel you, man. Yep, the refs have been screwing us. Better fact, I'm almost used to it. I'm almost used to, as you are as well. I, You know what? I remember when I used to watch football. I'm going on a rant here. When I didn't give a crap what the what the referees were going to do because I, I looked at the play. It just, uh, it just seems like over the years, the game has changed to a game of mama and daddy. And mommy and daddy are the referees. And if they don't like what's happening, they go ahead and throw their little yellow flag and everybody gets all emotional. Uh, they're, they're, there's too much of that shit. They should be able to challenge it with that red flag and that will stop all this bullshit for once and for all. The red flag should be good for all penalties and that is it. Thanks for the call. And my very good friend from the East, this is Eerie Raider. <laughs> he saw the game too. You can tell. What's happening, partner? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Merry Christmas to you and yours and to Raider Nation. This is Eerie Raider after watching the Chokers game. You know, I, I've kind of got to my limit now with dealing with these fucking referees. I am so sick of these assholes warping these games and distorting them the way they do. I, how do they get away with this? I don't understand how coaches or owners, I should say, allow these assholes to come up with these unbelievable calls. I'm so sick of this. I'm not even going to comment on how the Raiders play because I can't really expect anything out of them at this point. Um, I, I, just, I just know that these Gruden rumors are starting to sound legit at this point. And uh, I don't know what side I want to fall on on this, but I can't stand starting over again. But these referees, man, something's got to be done about these people. Can't anybody, can't Mark Davis ownership do something about these assholes? I can't stand these calls. Anyway, good way to start the holiday week. <laughs> Merry Christmas anyway. Thanks, guys, for all you do. Take care. Well, yes, they can do something about these guys. They can make the ability for each coach to throw the red flag on any penalty. Then we'll be able to see what the hell's going on. It will slow down the game, no doubt, but it'll make the game real. That's for sure. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is very, very interesting. You must listen to what she says. This is... <laughs> Raider hater Candy, check her out. Raider Greg, this is Raider hater Candy. I don't even know why you guys get excited. You guys are going to lose every time. I don't understand. I get so excited to watch my boyfriend lose every Sunday. His 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 sadness is it's just hilarious. And my father-in-law him too. It's really watching him cry is just I don't know. It really tips off my day. Raiders suck. Raiders suck. Raiders suck. Oh. Well, your boyfriend, this is your boyfriend's team. Obviously, it's not your team, but I can tell you this, Candy, you might not be worrying about that too long because your boyfriend might find a girlfriend that likes his favorite team. Yeah. And my next caller, my good brother, Autumn Wind Williams. Let's hear the wisdom, my man. What do you got? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on, man? Um, 
It's Autumn Wind Williams. And you up from Oakland, California. Pissed off as usual with our boys lose. This shit, man, I'm telling you, next week we got to come strong. We got a, a, ver- a very good amount of money to spend on free agents, draft picks. I'm looking forward to that shit. Man, these, these fucking games, though, uh, this year it has pissed me off. I don't know how much money I wasted coming to the game, buying fucking tickets, concession food, tailgating, all of that shit, just to watch them lose, stay at home on a road game, to watch them at home. And um, it did nothing but disappoint me, man. It, this shit don't make no fucking sense. It's, it's, it's pissing me off. I mean... I liked how Rashad Jennings did cool with the run. I like how Mike Jenkins was hitting hard, got an interception. You know, that that's the positives of the game. But I'm looking for a fucking team out there, man, defense and offense. Coaching staff got to get with this shit. I'm, I'm serious, man. This don't make no fucking sense at all. Watch a football game of the Raiders franchise. We're known to scare the fucking opponent. What we're out there doing is, like Charles Woodson said two weeks ago, playing as a bad news bear. Shit, man, they got to get together next year. That's all I got to say about that. Man, Merry Christmas to y'all, Raider Nation. Uh, I'll be hitting you up. On off season, of course. Maybe even next game. Raiders to life. Ottawa and Williams out. Yes, my man, as we roll through the Coliseum for the last time, it will be something. Another losing season, but another great time with good friends and family, dude. You know that's true. That's why we go. Uh, the team has to catch up with the fans. You know that. Thanks for the call, man. And next, my very good brother, Raider Jesse James. What is happening, man? What's happening, partner? What's up, Raider Grave? Season's greeting is Raider Jesse James. Uh, thank you for playing my call last time, and I had a, uh, a great time listening to your, uh, to your podcast. Uh, man, honestly, I'm looking more forward to the podcast than the fucking games. I'm sorry. Plain and simple. Because, you know why? People come on here, man, from the real Raider Nation, come on here and express themselves. As they always say, this is why the podcast is the way it is, because you let the mics be open to all of us. So after hearing the last podcast, and by the way, we lost today, okay, to the fucking boatless charges, as you like to call them. By the way, I get a lot of fucking cool names from you. Uh, I've never heard of the, uh, before before I listened to the podcast, I never heard of Broncos. <laughs> Or the Seahawks, or the Queefs. All that shit is ingenious, man. I don't know if you originally came up with it or not, but that shit is badass. Anyways, back on to it. Um, just wanted to um, call up, and because I listened to the, the latest um, podcast, I think it was great. It's a great podcast. It's one of the best that I've heard. Simply because we're at the verge where we are uh, going to be at that point where we are uh, at the most with the cap space next uh, next season, out of the whole NFL, we will have the most uh, cap space. Now, given that said, like you said a couple of podcasts before, 
that could be used to retain a lot of the talent that we have right now. True. However, I think that should be used wisely to re- to move forward, man, to, to get some, not big names. I don't need the freaking big names here. I need some talent here. And can Richard McKenzie pull it off? I don't know. The thing is that we need somebody as a leader, and the leader comes from a head coach. Is DA it? Is he not? We we can't judge it. And here's the thing: I hate I hate fucking changing coaches, Raider Nation. I'm sorry, I hate it. I hate it because we're so fucking used to it. We change fucking coaches like motherfucking people change fucking underwear, or better yet, every other Christmas. So the thing is. We we don't need that anymore. I'm I'm tired of doing that. But at the same time, is DA the answer? Is he? Does he deserve another year? What is he like? Eight and twenty-two now with with two years with us? Is he? Do I mean with with the captures that we have? Do we have the time to waste another freaking year on somebody that doesn't have the leadership of the locker room? What I'm saying is, if we're gonna bring somebody in, let's bring somebody in big. Let's bring somebody that can actually change this this thing around. It's not a quarterback. And it's not going to be a wide receiver, and it's not going to be a running back. Okay, to me, it's the coaching. A lot of coaching calls came this this season where we should have won games and we didn't. And I will have to put it on the coaching staff. Other than that, I had to, man. I, I had to call you guys again, and you guys are doing a phenomenal job. You have, a, you guys have a great, safe New Year. You know, do it, do it safe, do it big. And Raider Nation, we are one. We always be one, no matter what. We're in for life. But we need to open our eyes, man. We're tired of sitting here winning like freaking sitting ducks. It's pathetic. And now that we have the biggest fat face in the NFL, let's do something. Let's do something for real. With that being said, love you guys. Love all of y'all. I'm out. First of all, thank you for the props, man. I liked our last show, too. I thought it was epic. Randy did a great job with the Three Stooges, man. I love it. I love doing it, man. I love the podcast because I love the fans. I love this part of the show the most. And, uh, well, with the cap cap space, cap room that we have left, um, I see maybe two guys, two good free agents, three maybe, two guys that would be pretty good. Because in the NFL, every any season you have guys that are underperforming maybe for two years in a row. They're ready to leave. They need a new place to start. That's where we come in. That's the kind of player I want, somebody that's going to be come here and blossom and be crazy good, whoever it may be. And that's going to cost a little bit of dough. Thank you for the call. And a props again, brother. It's very, very cool. We love doing this show. And next we have Raider Steve calling from Pittsburgh. They're in the east, man. Got to be cold today. What's up, man? This is Raider Steve calling from Pittsburgh. I want to wish Raider Nation a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Raider Greg. Merry Christmas, Raider Randy. And I'm just calling because I just heard the news. Well, well, well. Terrell Pryor is starting for the last game of the season. And I've been listening to the podcast all year. And we all know Money Man has spoken has been calling this all year and the the special treatment Matt McGloin's been receiving from this coaching staff, this guy should have been on the bench three, four weeks ago. Pryor should have never lost his starting job due to an injury. 
And now Dennis Allen, his seat is hot as the devil's toenails now. So he wants to all of a sudden turn back to Terrell Pryor to try to save his job. For what? You, you, you All season you could have, you know, your, your seat would have been a lot cooler if you had worried about developing Terrell Pryor. Instead of finding every reason to get him out the game, found all the necessary reasons to develop him and, and help him mature as a quarterback. And I'm hoping, and the best thing that could happen is Terrell Pryor goes out there and throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, because then we know Dennis Allen's gone, which he should be. It's just laughable to me. But I was just calling because I heard this, this this news today, 95.7 a game, and just wanted to comment on it. I just think it's laughable. But uh, this is Raider Steve, and I'm out. And Merry Christmas once again to all. Well, like I said in this show, I don't I don't buy any of it. I don't buy that crap, any of it. I think Terrell Pryor has an opportunity in this game to show what he has. I think Terrell Pryor from training camp, and every reporter that was there could tell you the same thing, was, was coming out of training camp. Terrell Pryor, A, doesn't know the playbook, and B, can't read defenses. Very difficult game to play at this level just physically and using your physical attributes. He has great legs. He could throw a great ball, but his technique and his thought process on the game isn't right yet. I'm not buying the controversy. He's got this game. Let's see him throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I'd love it. It would be awesome because the reason they're putting him in is to see if they got something they want to keep next year. This is his shot at showing what he's got. That's what I say. McGloin knows defenses. He knows the entire playbook. (laughs) That's why they put him out there. Whether he throws interceptions or not, when the coaches talk to him, he's got the right lingo. He knows which is to switch. He knows when there's singles and there's singles up and there's two back sets and they got a Tampa two, whatever. He understands how to run that. Terrell doesn't quite get it. So that's it. I'm telling you, that's the facts. And um, as I see him anyway, uh, that's what I got to say about that. Thanks for the call. I appreciate your point, but I don't believe I don't agree with it. It's a good point, but I don't agree with it. Our next caller is the 360 Raider from the great Northwest. That is Seacock country. Gotta hate that, especially this time of year. What's up, man? What is up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, the entire Raider Nation? Well... I guess uh, our team is who we thought they were. I tried to get uh, tried to get as many people on Facebook to call in. I think another therapy session is definitely in order. Uh, three chances. We had three chances that they gave us to, to, to win that game. Three takeaways, and we couldn't do jack shit with any of them. Uh, DA, I think he's done. Uh, I, I'm not buying into the whole, the whole Chucky is coming back or is intrigued by the uh by the job in Oakland. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on that bandwagon until, you know, we see something on paper. 
Uh, I don't know who, who's going to come to coach this team, but what I do know is whoever does come to coach this team, it's like they're going to get a brand-new team. I mean, we got money in the bank. we got a lot of money to spend. We could get some players. we got some players on the squad right now that can uh, that can make the team next year. But, um, you know, I, I just don't know who's going to be uh, hovering around the sidelines next year. You know, I don't know if uh, we'll able to land Lovey Smith or, uh, you know, if we do get Chucky, I don't know if we get this. Uh, uh, we get that one cat out of Texas A&M. What's his name? Sumlin. It'd be nice to. It'd be nice to see somebody you know that's kind of big name on the sideline uh, because I think the I think the team needs that uh, quarterback. I got no idea what the hell we're gonna do there. Uh, McLoin, you know we've given him we've given him I think seven games or eight games. He's one and six, one and seven. Uh, granted, you know, stat-wise, he's better than TP. He's throwing more touchdowns and interceptions. But, you know, TP's won us more games. And I think at the end of the day, uh, using D8 analogy there, I think, uh, you know, TP on paper is, you know, he's a better quarterback. He's won more games. He's won three games. And he won three games with a fucked-up offensive line to, to boot. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Uh, I, I, I've said it, and I've said it many times. I think we've had more. We haven't had any questions answered. I think we've got more questions as we head into the off season. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I thought we'd get some of these questions addressed early on in the year, but you, you could tell that Da's, you know, Da's kind of over it. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of, uh, he's not feeling it anymore. I mean, no, no emotion on the sideline. The players aren't playing for the coach. You know, they they kind of just, kind of just have a whatever attitude. You know, that first drive that the Chargers went, they looked fucking winded. I mean, you know, I think the team's kind of deflated. Team needs a change. Uh, you you can tell that. Uh, you can tell that change is up on the horizon again. So. You know, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know how it's gonna look. Got the fucking Denver Donkeys on Sunday. You know, God knows what the fuck's gonna happen there. I mean, are we gonna get another fifty burger drop on us? I don't know. I I know that you know the the uh, the Broncos. You know, they clinched. They clinched the the division. They clinched the playoff spot, but you know they're still fighting for home field. So you know that Pink Manning and the rest of the crew is going to be playing hard. So I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know what the fuck we're going to do. I, I got a big question mark on this team going into 2014. I just don't know how anything's going to look. All I know is it's going to be going to be all changed up, and we're starting all over yet again. Ugh. Well, I guess that's how it goes. We didn't have any expectations. We shouldn't have had any expectations, but it's just disappointing, man. We're gonna sit another four and twelve season, you know, two two years lost down the toilet, and it's just frustrating, man. It, you know, I, I get so much shit for loving the Raiders as much as I do, but God damn it, I love this team. I love this team. I love the fans. I love what you guys do. Uh, I think this is awesome. I think the podcast is great. 
I appreciate you guys year round. Uh, I'm up here in sea cock country, and we just we just don't get any uh, we just don't get any news up here, man. You know, so thank you for what you guys have done in 2013, and you know all the past years. Been listening to you guys for the last three years now. I love you guys. You guys are great. Uh, Merry Christmas to the entire Raider Nation. Merry and Happy New Year's to everybody. I love you all, and we'll check in next year and see what happens. It's the 360 Raider, and I'm out. Well, thank you for the props, my brother. Appreciate it very much. Uh, you know, there's I don't think about the coaching change. We don't need one. We We shouldn't have one. It would be a bad idea to do it now. I think you have to give him one more year. You have to with some good players and then make a judgment. Well, that's what I think anyway. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, Raider Sid, a.k.a. the Desert Raider. What is going on, partner? What up, Raider Nation? Raider Randy, Raider Greg. Fuck. Lost to the piece of shit Chargers. But you know what, man? We can hang with these fuckers. We can hang with all these guys. We just made some stupid mistakes. And uh, the refs didn't help either. Those fuckers. The fucking minions against us again. Man, that was a touchdown. That's bullshit. Three steps in the end zone, hits the ground, then the fucker rips it out afterwards. Come on, man. Fucking A. Let's get some full-time refs instead of these fucking clowns. Anyways, though, I'd like to thank Ritter Greg for giving me the tailgating info at that piece of shit Qualcomm Stadium because, you know what? We hooked it up over in D4. I swear to God, it was Raider Nation all day. Everywhere around, man. It was bad ass. Had a fucking great time. Took my wife. She friggin' loved it. And, you know, I asked her, I go, hey, what do you think of uh, Raider Nation tailgating versus the Chargers in the Chargers Stadium? And she said, you know what, the Charger people were nice, but they were very quiet and very mellow, and the Raider Nation was up and loud, and it was kick-ass. We had a badass time. Thank you for hooking me up with all these different booster clubs because they were all there representing, you know, in an empire, Vegas, San Diego, South Bay. It, it rocked. Had a kick-ass time. The game was okay. You know, we just made a lot of mistakes. You know, but I, I feel good about this fucking team. You know what? We're going to go through the off season. We're going to clear out some of the stuff that we don't need. Sorry if you didn't make the team, but thank you for trying. And then keep what we think is going to fucking move on, and, and we're going to kick ass. I see us fucking, fucking moving. You know, we just got to clear up this quarterback situation, and uh, there we go. All right? So one more game. Let's fucking lay out Manning. Let's lay this fucker out. You know, I respect him as a quarterback. The guy fucking has game. Dude is the fucking best quarterback in the fucking league. But guess what, man? You got to go after the quarterback, and he's got to go down hard. And, and that's the way it is. You got to fucking do that. So let's go after him. Let's jack his ass up. I don't want to see his fucking ass in the Super Bowl anyways. So uh, go Raider Nation. Hey, thanks for the podcast. It fucking kicks ass. And, uh... Fuck, one more game. Son of a bitch, man. All right. This is uh, Raider Sid, a.k.a. Desert Raider. Out of here. Bye. 
I told you, man, South Bay Raider Booster Club. There's a bunch there, but I know they party good. They got some great shows on Saturday. Got some great things going on and the parking lot. Well, you could hear him. You don't have to take it from me. Take it from the desert radar. That's how we roll. It's a great time there in San Diego. Yeah, we made a lot of mistakes. And, well, we're going to have to just keep doing better. But it sure didn't take away from the experience. That's a good thing to know. You know how the Raider Nation is, no matter what the team's doing. And next, from Placer County, the man, not the myth, Raider Damien, my good brother, what is happening? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Damien up here in Placer County, California. Just called to wish you boys and all of the Raider Nation, all of the Raider Podcast Nation, a very Merry Christmas. Hope y'all are having great holidays. And uh, just as far as our season, we got what we thought we were going to get. Hopefully 2014 will be better. We got some cap space. We may have a draft pick or two. But one way or the other, I am looking forward to 2014 and our final tailgate there at the Black Hole this coming Sunday against the Denver all right, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, you boys take care. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Yes, and a very Merry Christmas to all the callers. Uh, I didn't say that after every call, but yeah, I'm going to say it now. You know, happy holidays. I hope everybody got what they wanted. And if you didn't, I hope you got an idea that you might get it sometime in the future. <laughs> That's how these things are, you know. Thanks for the call, man. It's always good. You're a great fan of the show. I appreciate your calls, bro. And next, my very good brother, the king of Bakersfield, my brother, Raider Jaime, the most optimistic fan I know. What's happening, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Hey, I just wanted to take the time to wish you all a Merry Christmas. To the Raider Nation, to your family, Raider Greg, to Randy's, everybody, for my family, man. And I'm very grateful for everything that you and Randy do for us to get us everything, to give your take on uh, everything that goes on throughout the season. I am so grateful for it, and I'm sure everyone is too. I know we all love you, Raider Greg and Randy, man, for doing it for us, man. If it wasn't for you guys, man... I don't know what else I'd do, man. But um, anyways, um, despite the, what's going on with everything right now in the season, we are always happy and grateful that we have a family to come home to to support our our aches and pains and and our misery. But anyways, I know I know there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I believe I believe for 2014 that we will finally get there and we can keep this together, man. I really do. But anyways, man, Merry Christmas, my brother. Merry Christmas, Raider Nation. I'm out. There you go, brother, from the heart. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. You know, man, we're big family, whether you want to believe it or not. Hell, man, we don't spend very much time together, but it seems like we spend a lot of time together. Thank you, my brother. It's appreciation for you being on the show, being the positive voice. I like hearing it. You know we're going to get better. I just hope it's sooner than later, just like you, man. And next we have RJ Rada from Whittier. 
and he is pissed at Santa. <laughs> He's letting him have it, brother. Hey, Raider Greg, this is RJ from East Whittier wishing the Raider Nation a happy Christmas and New Year and safe one. All I got to say is this is Christmas morning right now. I'm woke up and I am fucking pissed at Santa. I must have been a bad boy because I looked under my Christmas tree, Raider Greg, and I did not find myself a quarterback. I did not see the offensive linemen that I wanted. I did not even see anybody from special teams or defense. We are hurting. Santa did not get me anybody that I want on my Christmas list at all. I was so fucking bummed. I thought I would get some kind of Christmas present, but no, no. So I walked over to the chimney of my stuffing. You know, didn't have much to really anticipate what I saw in there. But yes, guess what he left me? Mm-hmm. Penalties. A whole bunch of fucking penalties. Oh, yeah. Blown assignments. Blown blocking. He left me all kinds of crap in my sockets. Even left me a card from fucking Reggie McKenzie and DEA telling me, please hang in there. You know, we're under reconstruction. Bullshit. Santa, if you can't bring me any good news, don't come to my fucking house, okay? That's all I got to say about this Christmas. I'm out. Well, I have a feeling that Santa is going to visit you very soon. <laughs> Don't worry, man. He's got to come because I think he's ter- tired of carrying coal for the Raider Nation. I think he's going to bring us some good players and some good situations, brother. <laughs> that was classic. And next, my good brother, Raider Tony from Vallejo. What's going on, man? <laughs> Raider Greg, Raider Nation, this is Raider Tony over in Vallejo. You know, uh, I'm going to say some controversial things, but uh, just wanted to give my thoughts because I've had a chance to reflect the past couple of days being here with friends and family and, uh, of course, my family being all Raider fans. So, you know, I I was pretty pissed off the other day with the ass-beating that we took and then then the, the loss. Uh, to, I mean, as beating to the Chiefs and then the loss last week to the Chargers, I, I was you know, I was pissed off just like anyone else. And um, but I think that it's important to remember a couple of things. You know, I know a lot of people are calling for Dennis Allen's head, rookie head coach. He made a mistake bringing in uh, take a nap, Greg Knapp last year. But I think that for the most part, the Raiders have been competitive in most of our games. And and this is going to be controversial, but I feel like we have overachieved at times, played better than we actually were. Early in this season this year, you know, you know all the smoke and mirrors and stuff that Tarver was able to do, you know, teams caught up with it, and the lack of talent caught up with us. You know, we do have talent. We have some talented uh, players, Tracy Porter and Mike Jenkins, just to name a couple, but I also feel like uh, we lack a pass rush. You know, uh, injuries plagued both sides of the ball the whole year, and we didn't really come in with as much talent as we will have next year. 
we had more talent than last year. I think we were a better team this year. But at the end of the day, we all need to remember that we're in the middle of rebuilding. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to be realistic. Look, we're all frustrated because we all want to win, and we want to win now. Uh, you know, but, you know, there was a mess that was inherited by Mark Davis and by Reggie McKenzie and, and Dennis Allen included. And, you know, they did, I think they tried to do the best they could with the card they were dealt. And I don't think it's fair to judge based on just last year or this year. I, it's just my opinion, and I know a lot of you are going to disagree with me, but I think that a valid year to judge this coaching staff would be next year. When we actually, because we're going to have, what, $60 million, $50 million in salary cap room to finally get better, to actually bring in talent. And I feel very strongly that with more talent, this coaching staff could do a hell of a lot better on the win column than what they did last season and this season. You know, people just need to be realistic and remember that uh, we didn't have as much talent as as we as we will. I mean, we just look. The Raiders were a mess, and but I see progress. I see hope. I see light at the end of the tunnel. We need a quarterback, and and I'm not going to even dwell into that debate because at the end of the day, who knows? But we. It'd be great to, to draft Johnny Menzel. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. All I know is that Raider Nation, you know, let's not give up on DA just yet. Let's, let's see. He deserves one more season, just one more. And with the additional talent that we'll be able to finally bring in, we can finally start to evaluate how good of a job these guys really are doing. I don't think it's fair to evaluate based on, on the team that was assembled uh, last year and this year. So just my two cents. I know a lot of you probably going to disagree with me. I don't know what you think, Raider Greg. Love to hear what you think. But, uh, yep, so happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone, and uh, peace out. Well, I have to agree with you, Raider Tony. I think that he needs to have one more season. We've let him go this long. We've taught him. We've trained him how to be a head coach. Now let's have him put it to work with some really good players. Ten, ten new starters on defense. And he did pretty well, I'd have to say. So we gotta see. We gotta see. We gotta see this thing through at least one more year. I agree. Thank you, brother. And our next caller needs no introduction. You know him by his name. <laughs> that would be Money Man has spoken. Raider. What's going on, brother? Yeah, it's Money Man Has Spoken. So, another loss. San Diego. Hey, isn't that the team Terrell Proud beat? Earlier this year, 18 of like 23, 221 yards and a couple touchdowns, no interceptions, and 30-plus yards rushing. Yeah, it is. But Matt McGloin can't beat him. But he's supposed to be the quarterback that's supposed to do all of this, according to 
DA. And the next day, um, what? Terrell Pryor is starting? Whoa. I'm like sitting here, what? Are you kidding? I know something's not right if Dennis Allen is starting Terrell Pryor. After all, this the guy that's, you know, can't create any explosive plays like he said Matt McGloin can, but all of a sudden he can. Oh, now Terrell gives us the best chance to win, but last week he didn't, or the week before he didn't. He's been sitting on the bench for what? Well, almost two months except for a few plays. Now he gives us the best chance to win? Okay. Right. Like, I'm supposed to fucking believe this bullshit. And, oh, lo and behold, look who comes out of left field with the accusation that Terrell Pryor is being sabotaged by his own head coach. His agent, of all people. Not Money Man has spoken. His agent. Now, if his agent is coming out saying this, who in their right mind is going to doubt it? Why would his agent jeopardize his job by saying this? People have been saying this. You know I've been saying this. And now even Terrell Pryor's own agent comes out and says, what I've been trying to Tell everybody, especially Raider Greg, that Dennis Allen has been hosing Terrell Pride, does not want him to succeed as a quarterback. And yes, he's starting him, but any idiot can see the only reason he's starting Terrell is for him to fail. That's the only leverage Dennis Allen will have come Black Monday. It's for Terrell to fail. Because Dennis Allen already know Matt McGloin is not the answer. He's sinister, but he's not stupid. And he also knows that if Terrell Pryor goes out there and plays well, his ass is cooked. But he, he is banking on the fact that he believes Terrell will go out there and fail. Will go out there and stink up the joint. And then he'll have the little leverage that he is looking for and come back and say to Mark Davis, see, this is why I went with my guy, Matt McGloin, because Terrell is not the answer either, sir. But you know what? It's not going to work. Terrell going to go out there and show his ass, and then Raider Nation going to be like, why the fuck you didn't have him out there the last six weeks? We may have had a chance to go to the goddamn playoffs. At least be better than fucking four and goddamn 12. Or five and 11. Whatever the hell we end up being. You never know. But his ass is cooked. He knows it. And he's just basically throwing up a Hail Mary in the hopes that Terrell will stink. And he'll have something to play on come Black Monday. Which is right around the corner. And I'm waiting on it. That's going to be my Christmas. And saying that, Raider Greg, I'm out. Well, you make a good point as usual. And I don't agree with you. Uh, Not as usual, but I just don't agree with you on this point. Uh, No, man, I think Dallas Allen's got enough on his plate. I think he wants to win a football game. He doesn't give a crap who the best quarterback is. Neither one of these guys... 
Look, man, Terrell Pryor, third round supplemental pick. Uh, so a lot of possibilities, but I'm telling you, uh, he's had a long time to learn and a long time to play. Let's see if he's better. I think he needs at least another year behind the bench or on the bench watching somebody else, at least. I don't know, man. I think this whole controversy thing is some bullshit, and I'm going to leave it at that. Dennis Allen needs another season. I hope he doesn't get fired on Monday uh, just because I don't want to start over, and you shouldn't want to either, regardless of what happens with Terrell Pryor. Because you know as well as I do, he is not the quarterback of the future. Thank you, brother. And our next caller, Radar Mike. And he sounds like he's pretty pissed. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Hey, man, this is Radar Mike calling from Atlanta. I'm so fucking tired of Dennis Allen and Reggie. Reggie looks like a fucking retarded pig. He need to take his head out of his ass and put his ego somewhere else. Because I'm tired of him talking about my guy, my draft picks, and they all fucking suck. We had a coach in here that wanted to be a lambda coach that was 8-8. Eight and eight. Trust me, if you would have got him a D coordinator in here that could have stopped some goddamn body, we would have a good fucking record. But you bring in this sorry son of a bitch, Allen, who ain't improved. He shows he makes no improvements after halftime. He doesn't know how to coach, man. I don't mind a D coordinator under somebody that know what they're doing, but our fucking defense sucks. Man, if we don't get Gruden back, it's going to be a fucking problem. We need Gruden. And then have somebody either over Reggie's ass or get a GM that Gruden can deal with. And I guarantee you, man, because it ain't like we're out of talent. They keep talking about what talent we don't fucking have. But what we don't have is a coach that can fucking coach. You get rid of these sorry son of a bitches. Things will turn around instantly, man. I'm not going to blame McLaughlin. He's a decent quarterback. Let's be real, man. He'll fucking walk on. Hey, he's doing all right. Let Pryor play. That motherfucker can run if he can't throw. At least we got a fucking chance. He had a better record than fucking going only one one fucking game. And he's making him the starter. Let me know you don't know shit. And I'm tired of you talking about every week you're going to fucking try to win. You ain't winning shit. You ain't trying to win shit. Get rid of these sorry son of a bitches, man. We deserve better. The nation is real, and you know we real fans. So please get rid of these sorry son of a bitches and bring me somebody that want to do something. Hey, happy holidays, y'all. Peace. By the way, I'm Raider Mike in the ATL. And the ATL comes in real and strong. Real strong. Yeah, man, I feel you. I understand that, but think about it. Just take a breath, sit down, and just think about it for a second. He's had two years to figure it out. We got to pay him for four because we can't let him go. We got to still pay him. You might as well let him see what he can do with real players and perhaps, listen, a 4-12 season, Greg Olson better have his bags packed. Somebody's going home. Somebody is going to go home. I think it'll be Olsen, myself. It won't be Allen. But if it is, well, you know, maybe we'll have Lovey Smith. Hell, man, we got to have somebody here that's a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller is as close to Coach Allen as you're going to get. Check it out. I don't know who he is, but he's pretty funny. Hey, 
Way to Greg, Red Randy. Oh, what a rough week here for Coach Allen. Woo! Man, defensive-minded coaches just don't get a fair fair shake in the NFL these these days. I'm telling you what. Man, I'm ready for this three-year thing, and everybody keeps saying, I'm on the hot seat. Who's on the hot seat? Coach Allen's on the hot seat. Talking... John Gruden, everybody's saying, Chucky, Chucky, bring Chucky back, you know, and other people are saying, like, oh, it's not ever going to happen. Whatever, guys, you can, you know, we're focused. we got the Broncos coming up, okay? Bronco-hoes, as you say, Raider Greg, Bronco-ho, you know? we got Queef to home, and then, you know, we went, we went, we blacked out in uh, San Diego, the refs blacked us out on top of getting blacked out anyways. And, you know, there were some positives in that game. But we're focused. We're going to face the Bronco hoes at home. You know, I want everybody to come out. We need everybody to come out, fill these stands, root for us. We really do need that. Really want that to happen. But I just wanted to call to, to play a little joke. You know... Nobody knew, you know, this whole time we, I was playing McGlowan. I just got McGlowan, McGlowan. He's our man This we're going with. Adamant, McGlowan. He's going to, we're going to ride McGlowan out. And then, whoop, just like Chris Berman, whoop, I pulled out the secret card, Raiders. Pryor, you're going to have Pryor for your last home opener. Hurrah, hurrah. You know, I hear drama surrounding that as well. I heard Pryor's agent saying something. Oh, they're just trying to make Pryor look bad for his last game to show that McGlone's really the guy. Well, whatever. You know, we're going to put the man on the field. He's going to do whatever he wants to. If that if that means break, break the uh, Bo Jackson running record, let him do that. Whatever that may be, I just wanted to pull a wild card on y'all. On Scott Barrett, CS, Comscat, Comscat, or Comcast News, whatever the hell they call that. And, you know, haha, surprise, Raider Nation. Pryor's your quarterback for the final game. Get all emotional about it. Do whatever you need to. You get one more chance, kid. Let's see what you got. And go, Raiders. Love you, Greg. And at the end of the day, <laughs> Thanks for the call, brother. That was funny. And our last caller, but never our least, my good brother, the troll from Chicago. How are you doing, my man? Hey, Raider Greg. Hey, Randy. Hey, Raider Nation. Uh, this is the troll from Chicago, and they just caught on Yahoo Sports that Namdi Asma will retire as an Oakland Raider from professional football. Um, I don't know if the impact of this really resonates with a lot of people. The fact that our organization is suffering at this time because of lack of winning. Um, but this move, along with Woodson coming back, shows that the Oakland Raiders are, as an organization is much, much more than just a football team. Um, that we recognize the blood, sweat, and tears that have people put in the Raiders have a long history of taking care of those that put it out there on the field. Uh, Jim Otto, 
Plunkett, um, Bolitnikoff. We, we found ways to make all of them work within the organization and, and continue to be a Raider. Uh, this is very, very much along the same lines as, as the change in momentum that uh, my Chicago Blackhawks did back home by welcoming back guys like Bobby Hole, uh, Nikita, Savard, Esposito, uh, bringing them back into the fold. It changed a, the way that the city thought about the organization. It changed the way that the players inside thought about the organization. And I'm sincerely hoping that this is a move out of the same type of playbook and that this kind of momentum and this kind of message sent to future possible players um, bring some talent here and we can turn things around. This is a huge, huge move. I'm happy to see it happen. Um, I, I, it sent a, a huge message that should resonate through through the draft that this is a family organization. Once you're, once you're a Raider, you're a Raider for life, and I like it. Um, with that said, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I'm looking forward to a Happy New Year. This is a troll from Chicago, and I'm out. Yes, yeah, very cool. That whole retirement speech, that whole interview was was moving. I said it before. Um, Nambi is a Raider, and he'll always think of himself as a Raider. And, you know, for us fans, uh, it's it's cool to have those guys. I don't know about other teams, but I just know about our team. I know, I know I've watched him through his whole career in Oakland, and uh, he's been a good dude. And I think this is part of the organization and the history. I think it what makes our team very special, too. And, hey, man, guys better wake up and smell the Java because Oakland's changing, the scenery's changing around here, and it's changing for the better. One way or another, we're going up, man. Can't go any other direction. Thank you for the call, brother. Well, Raider Nation, I want to wish each and every one of you a very happy new year. You guys be safe. Party big, but party smart. Uh, Don't drink and drive. Be good human beings. The Raiders are going places. I know Sunday's going to be brutal. Maybe new lows. Who knows? I know this. The tailgate will be off the chain, as it always is. Friends and family, if you haven't been there, you best get your ass to Oakland next year if you can. This stadium's not going to be here forever. They're going to build a new monstrosity somewhere. And to get to a game is going to be very expensive. Get there while you can still afford it. It's a great deal. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.